but even today I'm over eight years in business and like relationships and collaborations are still wildly important. And exactly like you said, like eight years later, I'm still getting referrals from the people that I connected with. And like, we hopped on a coffee chat maybe once seven years ago. And it's like, they're still referring people to me. And it's because I think when you build that relationship, it cre- it creates that human connection. It creates that connection point. And then when you jive with somebody, when you vibe with them, it's like, you want to support them. And then they become the person that's top of mind when you're either networking with other people or you end up getting clients that need something that that person needs. And so that's why I think that it's so powerful because I see so many business owners like trying to only grow their business like on Instagram. And it's like, there's so many other ways to do this and like ways that in my opinion, feel more sustainable. They have a longer shelf life, a longer ROI, and you never know what opportunities are going to come from this. So like, yeah, absolutely clients, but similar to your story too. It's like, I got offered to teach workshops. I got offered to be a guest on people's podcasts. And it's like, my business would not have grown in the way that it has without relationships and collaborations. Welcome to the Profitable Graphic Designer Podcast. I'm Katie Sandel, brand strategist, designer, and the CEO of a successful six-figure design agency. I teach brand, graphic, and web designers how to get more clients, increase their pricing, and build profitable design businesses in a simple and sustainable way. We have online programs, courses, and templates that you can use, as well as our coaching and mastermind high-touch experience for creatives. You can find out more about starting and growing your design business at AventiveAcademy.com. But until then, grab a cup of coffee and join me in today's podcast episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome. In today's episode, we are talking all about growing a design business through relationships and collaborations. We have a special guest, but before I ask her to introduce herself, I want to start by saying that building relationships with people not only helps you get clients and grow business in that way, but also meeting new people brings in new opportunities. Like when I go to networking events, I sometimes just learn different things from others. Like at one event, I heard about another event in town that I didn't know about and seemed like a perfect fit for me to to find clients and expand my business. Or um, I met another designer who I can now collaborate with on a project and so on. So meeting people, building relationships, and all that is so important for any business owner and so is for you. We'll talk all about it in a second, but before we dive deeper, I want to ask our guest, Mariah, to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about who she is and what she does. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited for this conversation. So yeah, I'm Mariah. I'm an SEO consultant and online bid online business educator for entrepreneurs over at mariahmagazine.com. Basically, 
in a nutshell, I'm just a firm believer that getting more eyeballs on your business and connecting with your ideal audience doesn't have to be as overwhelming and as difficult as everybody makes it. So as a result of working with over 150 clients, I've developed a sustainable organic marketing strategy that reaches more people in a way that feels both fun, but is also profitable by combining the power of search engine optimizations with the piece that we're going to be talking about here, relationships and collaborations. I love that. Can you share a little bit about your background and how you got started in the world of um, website design? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I got started in this like online business space. I say it's a portal. Like once you open up the door and see all of the unlimited possibilities that the online space has for you, it's very hard to unsee it. So I got first introduced into this world. It was back in 2015. And I got into the online business space doing website design and development. And so basically... I was creating all these websites for people and it was really tough to get clients in the beginning. Like being a brand new person, it was very difficult. And like, I will say now I don't do website design or development and everybody should be very grateful because like my designs were always so focused on like SEO and best practices versus like being super visually appealing. I was like, no, we need to make this like very like simple and just like whatever. They were not fun. They were not fun designs. I even used to have people come to me and be like, hey, do you create logos? And I was like, no, I'm allergic to that. I can't do it. And so I really did focus on like website design and development back when I first started. And a big piece of growing this business, well, there was two pieces. Number one was like networking and growing relationships in person. So locally, really like allowing myself to explore the entrepreneur space and small business space in my local community. That was really helpful. So I ended up teaching workshops about, ironically, they were about SEO. So it was kind of like in hindsight, I should have seen that I would have moved more into the SEO arena, but like workshops. And I ended up getting clients from those networking events and all of that. And then the other piece was, this was back in 2015 when I got into the space and Facebook groups were really, really big then. And so I remember joining a Facebook group and it was just other online business owners like solopreneurs really staying in their zone of genius. And so I would just hop on coffee chats with them and just connect. And we ended up having something in common or we had like a client where the one person that I'm thinking of, she focused on small business PR. And so that was something that I didn't have a clue about. So I ended up connecting with her and then she would send clients my way when I was doing websites because she was like, okay, if I'm going to invest in a PR strategy, their website can't look like shit, dude. So like we need a website redesign. And then I would have clients where after the website was built, I would be like, okay, your next step is like, if you want to get found in the local news or like nationwide, like PR, we would just end up referring people to each other. And then, so you multiply that by the amount of people that I was connecting with both locally and online. And it just, it made growing a business so much easier because I didn't feel like I was growing my business by myself. Yeah, definitely. It's funny that you mentioned like going to local networking events because when I lived in Denver, I didn't have enough clients. That is, that was basically the beginning of my freelancing career at the time. 
And I was going to three to five different networking events per week. It was my part-time job, but I was meeting a That's lot of so people. <laughs> I know. But at that time, well, first of all, I didn't know exactly who my ideal client is. Like now I go to two different networking events per month. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's even zero. And I get way more clients than I did at that time. However, I met a lot of people and I'm still getting referrals from those connections because I have them now. Now we are connected on LinkedIn and we talk to each other. They see my posts, I see their posts and we send clients back and forth. And I remember at that time when I, because I am, I'm more on the creative side, <laughs> so less SEO and more of <laughs> logos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and at that time, as I was working on website designs, I didn't know anything about coding. And also ShowIt and Squarespace and Wix and all of that didn't exist. Yep. So I had to design something that looks visually appealing to my target audience, but then I didn't know how to make it work. So I was collaborating with web developers. And that's another thing that creatives can do if they are not into coding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I got started. It's so funny because like when I first got started in my business, I was a like a fine art major. And so I thought that I would really be focused in like the design and the visual stuff. And so I ended up doing that too. I was creating websites, like I would create mock-ups and stuff like that. And then I would end up working with a developer in order to bring them to life. That was only like on a couple projects. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm more interested in like the developing side of it. So I ended up focusing deeper on the developing side of it, but I would still build relationships with website designers that were in the same boat that I was in. So I feel like I've gone in like this trajectory of like moving through the like lifespan of like a website of like designing, then developing, and then SEO. But even today I'm over eight years in business and like relationships and collaborations are still wildly important. And exactly like you said, like eight years later, I'm still getting referrals from the people that I connected with. And like, we hopped on a coffee chat maybe once seven years ago. And it's like, they're still referring people to me. And it's because I think when you build that relationship, it, cre it creates that human connection. It creates that connection point. And then when you jive with somebody, when you vibe with them, it's like, you want to support them. And then they become the person that's top of mind when you're either networking with other people, or you end up getting clients that need something that that person needs. And so that's why I think that it's so powerful because I see so many business owners like trying to only grow their business like on Instagram. And it's like, there's so many other ways to do this and like ways that in my opinion, feel more sustainable. They have a longer shelf life, a longer ROI, and you never know what opportunities are going to come from this. So like, yeah, absolutely clients, but similar to your story too. It's like, I got offered to teach workshops. I got offered to be a guest on people's podcasts. And it's like, my business would not have grown in the way that it has without relationships and collaborations. Yeah, definitely. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast episode, it's not all about getting clients, but it's about learning from others. When I was going to some of the networking events, I heard about having a business coach and I'm like, oh, I actually never thought about having a business coach. When I got home, I was like, well, let me look into it. I mean, now this was like <laughs> seven, eight years ago, right? And right after that, 
I found a business coach that really helped me get to the next level. So that doesn't mean, you know, I did, so I didn't get a client from that event, but I got something that's maybe even more valuable because <laughs> that yeah. business coach then helped me get more clients. Can you tell us where and how do you find the event? How do I find the events? Um, I'm like a natural researcher, like to my core. I'm like always on Google or like taking note, like you should see the amount of folders that I have saved in like my Instagram collections. Because like when other people post about networking events or they post about groups or they'll post about memberships or anything like that, I'll save the post or I'll screenshot it. So I'm like paying attention on all of these social media platforms like LinkedIn. I'll do the exact same thing and then I'll compile them. And so that's kind of how I keep track of them. I do know that some people, like it's also Facebook groups, like Facebook groups still, I'm not in as many as I used to be back in the day, but like I'm still in probably two of them that are like really, really active. And those people are always talking about either conferences or networking events. And then it's through the connections that I have. So like my other business friends really value networking. And so like, they'll always tell me, Hey, I just went to this networking group. It was awesome. Here's the link. Like you can do like some of them they're paid. And so you can do like one free, like jump in on a networking event and like, they'll send me the link. So I think it's researching. And then it's also letting your people know your current circle that you're interested in networking events so that like they can start paying attention for you. Yeah, I love that. And can you walk us through how do you build a relationship with someone? So let's say you find an event that you believe it's the right fit for you. You go to that event and you meet Sarah. How do you connect with her? Like, what do you do? How do you keep in touch? And if you can just walk us kind of like step by step. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would say that the first thing that I found most valuable is like going into the events being curious. What I don't like about some events, some online business like networking stuff is that they feel transactional. It feels like you're only like, I'm only going to help you if you help me. I tend to stay away from those events. And sometimes you don't know that those are the kind of events until you've already been to that kind of event. But I will say like when you find an event where the people jive with the way that you want to do business it becomes easier to take that relationship to the next step. So a lot of the times, like I've been in really big networking groups. And so everybody had maybe like 30 seconds to a minute to explain who they were. And then they went and posted their information in the chat. Well, that's really helpful because as I'm listening, I literally either have a pen and paper or I'm like copying and pasting their website or their email address into a doc or into a new tab. And so I'm keeping track of the people that like pique my interest. And then after the networking group, because some networking groups, they're just too big where you don't have time to connect with everybody. So then it's just kind of comes down to like pitching. You're just like pitching a coffee chat, essentially. So like if they are like most active on LinkedIn, I'll slide into the DMs on LinkedIn after I connect with them. And I'll always say like, hey, um, I really jive with like what you were saying in that networking group. Like I would love to hop on a coffee chat and learn more about you and your business if you were interested in it. Like it doesn't have to be super stuffy and super corporate and whatever. Like at the end of the day, being a small business owner, being an online business owner, being a designer, 
we're humans that want to connect with humans. So I just know me, if somebody was like, well, hello there, Mariah, I was just wondering if, and like super, I don't even know how to talk corporate, but it's like, if they came into my DMs talking corporate, I don't know if I would want to hop on a coffee chat with them. So like definitely just sound genuine, sound like you're talking to a friend and then just hit them up, like send them an email. I've done that too, a cold email where I was like, Hey, Lisa, like I totally jive with what you were saying on that networking call. I think your business model is genius. Like I would love to just kind of hop on a call and like learn more about you. And then sometimes people don't respond. And then other times they're like, yeah, that would be so cool. Can you send over your scheduling link? And then we hop on a coffee chat. Yeah, that's amazing. And even when people don't respond, I feel like a lot of freelancers, a lot of, you know, designers or entrepreneurs in general are afraid of hearing no or being ghosted, ghosted, the new word, right? I mean, it's new for past few years, but it really doesn't matter because that's business. Like if you want to have business, you need to learn how to sell and you need to learn how to get no, which is totally fine. You will not always get yes from every single potential client or every single potential collaboration or referral or whatever it is. And I think that a lot of business owners simply don't do that first step because they're afraid of hearing no or being ghosted again, you know? So yeah, like really trying to connect with as many people as possible is the key. And so when they schedule a call with you, what do you guys talk about? Is that yeah. usually like half an hour, an hour? Is that something that where you offer your services or you just chat in general, asking them more about what they, what they do? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So I think the first thing that I want to touch on really quick is like, no's are actually really great because it's like, like, can you imagine having to jump on a coffee chat with every single person that you've met at like three to four different networking events and stuff? Like you wouldn't end up having any time for your client projects or anything like that. And also I think that no's are kind of a blessing because like if somebody isn't down to get to know you at this very beginning stage of the relationship, there's no way you're going to like like strong arm arm them into like building an even better relationship later. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's a time saver. And yes, I would say that like the first few, we just naturally take them personally. And so I think that we end up building the muscle of like, this isn't personal, it's business, and we're not meant to jive with anybody, like every single person. So I think that that's important to kind of focus on. But once, like if the person says yes, and you end up scheduling a coffee chat, I just go in there being like straight up curious, like, hey, tell me, like, I'm super interested, or I'll say something that really piqued my interest, like on the networking event. And you'd be like, hey, I love how your business model is set up like this. Like, can you just explain to me, like, how did you get into business? Like, why did you do it this way? And then they'll start talking about their business. And then we'll probably... I'm just naturally curious. So I probably have 75 different questions lined up based off of what they say. And then they'll usually ask me about me and my business. And then sometimes it flows into like, oh my gosh, I totally have a client that I think that you would be perfect for. Or me, I could be like, oh my gosh, like what you're doing, it's a perfect connection. There's somebody else that I want to connect you with. So sometimes those things naturally come up. If they don't come up, when the coffee chat is kind of like wrapping wrapping up, you can just be like, hey, like, what are you looking, what kind of support are you looking for now? Like, are you looking for leads? Are you looking for clients? Like, is there somebody that I should kind of keep in my eyes peeled for you? Are you looking to connect with certain people? And so I would say before you get into the coffee chat, 
take a second and self-reflect. What kind of support are you looking for right now? Because that person, if you ask them, they're going to ask you. And this is a really good way as a business owner to ask for support that you need. So like what I'm saying that I would like support with is like, hey, I'm looking to be a guest on more podcasts or I'm looking for groups to teach like an SEO workshop. And so they keep their eyes peeled. And sometimes then they go to other networking events. They have coffee chats with other people. And then they're like, oh, I met this girl that focuses on this. And like, she would be a great fit for your group. And then I get like a random email two weeks later. And so you never know how it's going to flow. But I would say, just be curious and have an idea of like how you would like to be supported. I feel like that's that's probably like, the the two rules of thumb to go with. Yeah, definitely. And then how do you stay in touch with them? Because I feel like I've had so many coffee chats and then I even forgot about like them completely. I don't remember their names. I don't remember exactly what they do. For example, I think it was six, seven months ago, I talked with one attorney and she was telling me all about how she helps businesses with like helping them register and all the legal stuff. And a few weeks ago, I got an inquiry from a client who's also looking for someone to help them register besides, you know, working on their like logo and website and whatnot. And I just couldn't remember the name of that person. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, if she just followed up. I mean, it's not all on her, it's on me as well. But like, how do you stay in touch with them? What do you do? Yeah, I think that there's a few different options depending on the com- like how the conversation goes. Sometimes following up and connecting, moving forward is super natural. Sometimes it's like, I just met my new best friend type thing. And so it's like, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to send you an email right now with like this person and this person or this podcast or like this idea or like whatever. And so we naturally kind of just keep the conversation going in email. Other times we'll follow each other right there on the coffee chat. So I'll be like, oh, are you more likely on LinkedIn or are you on Instagram? And so we follow each each other on there just so like we're connected on a social platform. And then the other thing is you're not always going to be connected with every single person. You know what I mean? Like we're humans. Like we only have so much capacity. But in a recent networking event, I heard the idea of starting kind of like your own database of like connections. And so like on the coffee chat, somebody will be like, oh, like what's your specialty? And they'll just have like a super basic spreadsheet, the name, name of the business, and just like what that person does. They'll take a couple notes and then just like what the person is interested in. And they'll just keep the spreadsheet going so that when like seven months later, six months later, a year later, somebody's like, oh, I'm looking for an attorney to help me with blah, blah, blah. You're like, oh, I remember connecting with somebody. Their information is definitely on that spreadsheet. So that's not something that I have done yet, but I think the idea is genius because now people also see you as the connector. And so they're like, oh, I'm going to go to Mariah because Mariah always has people. And it's like, so now I'm coming top of mind, not only for in your audience's case, like design and all of that stuff, but also like I'm the person that people are coming to, to get connected with other people. That's a cool place to be. Yeah, definitely. Everything that we talked about so far feels like you're an extrovert most of the i <laughs> oh, yes most of the time but i would say i need i'm an extrovert that needs 
space to recharge. Like I need my own gaps of time to sit in my own energy, to self-reflect, to journal and to meditate. If I don't have that time, it's over for the social battery. So like I do have a social battery, but I work from home by myself for myself. And so sometimes it's these coffee chats that are like the only conversations that I get for some yeah. weeks. You know what I mean? So totally. It's the same for me too. I am at home in my four offices and in, in my four walls in my office and I love it. But I feel like I am still more on the extroverted side. Like I still need to journal and I have my meditation and all of that. But I also need to talk to people and see them in person and get ready and, you know, dress up and have coffees and meet people and whatnot. But there are people who maybe either don't have events in like where they live or are super introverted. So, for example, few weeks ago, I had someone on a podcast and she has a very successful design business, but she cannot go to networking events. She literally told me she went to an event. She was there for 16 minutes and she had to leave. <laughs> you know, like some people just cannot be surrounded by other people that they don't know. And it's very hard for them to meet someone. So what would you say that al alternative for introverts would be maybe meeting people online only instead of looking for events? Yeah. So to be completely honest, I like currently right now, I haven't gone to any local networking events in the past year because we recently moved from Buffalo, New York until outside of Asheville. And now next month, we're actually moving to Tampa. So my entire networking stuff lately in the past year or more has only been online. And there are so many communities that are online only. And like, it's so cool because you get to connect with, connect with people. <laughs> like you can connect with people like nationwide. You can connect with people worldwide. And like, that's so powerful. And then I think, especially for introverts, there are like introvert networking communities. I don't have the links for them, but I know that there's Facebook groups and like memberships and like groups specifically for that. And so I would suggest like doing a Google search or opening up a opening up Facebook and typing in like introvert business group or some introverted marketing or something like that. And then you can connect with people that it's like, I ain't hopping on a call with a hundred other people, dude. So it's like, maybe you're more likely to then just go from a Facebook group to a coffee chat, or maybe you just connect typing it out and like emailing. I think that a coffee chat and one-on-one -on -one connection, I think that that's hard to beat. I think that like connecting through writing is powerful, but connecting in person, you get to see their mannerisms. You get to see like how they're interacting. And I just think that it creates a deeper relationship. So if you can jump on a call with, even if it's just one person at a time type thing, like there's definitely options for that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we talked about building relationships and growing business through relationships. But I know you also also mentioned collaborations. Like, how do you collaborate with someone? And what do you mean by that? Yeah, collaboration. So it's collaborations are kind of like a win-win-win for everybody involved. So it's essentially teaming up with somebody in like a complementing industry or a complementing niche and creating something together. Or it's like getting in front of their audience and you're getting in front of your audience. So like this podcast interview example, it is a collaboration. So it's like 
we're collaborating and having a conversation that's then going to be shared with your audience. And so I think when we hear the word collaborations, it can feel a little vague, but like, it really is just like, how can you team up with another person? And so the reason why they're so powerful is it's because it combines your zone of genius with the other person's zone of genius. And now your audience also gets two people's zones of genius in one thing. So it's like on this podcast episode, your audience is getting like the trust and the expertise from you. They know you, they like you, they trust you. Like you have stories that you're infusing in here. You're asking good questions. And then it's like, now they're also getting my zone of genius in terms of like using relationships and collaborations and like tips and all of that. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. And there's just so many different ways to do collaborations. I would say that like podcast guesting is one of my favorite ones, but there's also like for introverts, for example, if you have a freebie, you can do a freebie swap with somebody. So it's like you send their freebie and like about their freebie to your newsletter list. And then they send your freebie and about your information to their newsletter list. And then you essentially end up getting people on each other's email list. So it's just another way to kind of grow and get more eyeballs on your business. But there's other ways to do it too, like live interviews. I was hosting like a YouTube live series on my YouTube channel. And it's simply because I just wanted to have a way to collaborate and like ask questions about my friends that are doing really cool shit in the online business space. I just wanted to ask them questions and like be able to give them a platform to share all of these tips. And so you can do something where it's like you're the host or you can pitch to be the guest. And there's just like, there's unlimited ways. There's like affiliates. You can be an affiliate for somebody. And so like you're talking about and promoting their product. That's a collaboration. Yeah, definitely. It's mostly like cross-promotion. It's helping each other grow. And I also want to add that as a design business owner, you can collaborate with people in a little bit different ways. For example, when I was a web designer and my clients would need a website completed, it's not just website design. You know, if they get my Photoshop files, that doesn't mean anything to them. They still need a web developer. So if I know a web developer, we can collaborate together and work for this, the same client. And basically we can both have a client And it's how you mentioned at the beginning, like win, win, win for everyone. And web developer would maybe reach out to me, you know, next month, next year or whatever. I mean, they get a client who doesn't have website design yet. Yep. Yep, exactly. And it's, it's the same thing. It's even how I work now focusing on SEO. I work with website designers. I was just about to say that. Yeah. And like a lot of the website designers that I work with are like, Mariah, literally SEO is like the death of me. Like I don't want to dabble in it, but like they're getting clients, especially more so now where I feel like people are getting really burnt out on Instagram and like that short form content that a lot of people are like, Hey, can I start getting found on Google? But as a website designer, it's not your responsibility to also be an SEO expert. So teaming up with somebody like me, it's like we can do keyword research and we can plan out a website that's super strategic, but then it goes back to you, you design it, you develop it. And then it's like, I can come back in and then implement the things once the design is already up. And then it's the same thing with copywriters. Like I collaborate with copywriters all the time too. They're like, yo, I can create a killer story, (laughs) a killer story. And they're like, but I don't know like how to do keyword research or like infuse keywords or like how to support clients with this. So there's definitely service-based collaborations there too. 
Yeah, definitely. And now, oh my God, I feel like I have so many questions for you. <laughs> but basically, you're talking all about like relationships and collaborations, but also you do SEO. So what do you think it's better for web designers, graphic brand designers, or in general for business owners to grow their business? Should they focus on connecting with people and building relationships? Or should they focus on SEO and maybe start getting like inbound clients like that? Yeah. So obviously I'm biased, but like I say both because they scratch different itches. Do you know what I mean? Like SEO is something that's long-term and that's sustainable. And it's like SEO is how you get found on Google by people that are already looking for you. They're literally going to Google and typing in like website designer, Buffalo, New York. They're already looking for you. But sometimes SEO can take a little bit of time in order for you to start building up the momentum, building up that juice. But once you have your SEO foundation set up, so like once you have the right keywords in the right places on your website, then you start pouring more gasoline on the fire of collaborations and relationships, which is more, it could be seen as like long-term marketing, but sometimes you can see a really quick return on it too. And so I think that it balances that SEO foundation there because now you're building relationships and growing visible in a different arena and essentially pointing people back to your website. When you're pointing people back to your website and they're taking a look at your blogs and all of that stuff, you're sending positive signals to Google, which then helps your SEO. So it's kind of like a circle that like fills itself out and kind of keeps feeding off of each other. But yeah, like to build my business, I've focused on both. But what I like about both of them, I don't have to focus on both of them at the same time. They're both something where it's like you can do something and then throw that ball in the air and then focus on collaborations. Then I've pitched myself or I've scheduled some coffee chats, but oh, look, now I have the rest of the week that's open. Now I can throw that collaboration ball in the air and now I can focus on SEO. And then I've optimized for something. And so you can keep switching in between them. I don't think that it's a this or a that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I feel like one is inbound, one is outbound marketing. And it's just a, I mean, every single marketing strategy in the world works. It's just a matter of what's going to work for you and what you will find enjoyable. If you absolutely hate talking to people and connecting with people that maybe focus on SEO and other marketing strategies only, like maybe it's Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever it is. Or if you, if creating content is not for you and you don't know much about SEO, then maybe connect more with people and so on. But basically every strategy does work. It's just a matter of what's going to work for you. Now, when it comes to SEO, is blogging dead? Oh God, no, <laughs> no, it's never dead. It's so funny because like people will ask me that sometimes and it's like, go to Google. Most of the results that show up are blog posts, depending exactly. on the keyword, obviously, but like create. And so here's the thing. You don't have to create a blog in order to have killer SEO. You can get really good SEO just from your website just from your homepage, your services page, from local SEO and things like that. But why blog posts is why creating blog posts is so powerful is because it allows you to show up for a numerous amount of keywords now. So it's like opening and multiplying the amount of doors that people can find you through. So blogging is in dead. We just need to have some strategy behind it because I feel like some people when they hear blogging, they're like, oh, is it just like my online journal? Like, 
what what I ate for breakfast or just like how like a case study or something. And it's like, you could create a case study. And I think that those are really great for showcasing your expertise and stuff like that. But when it comes to creating blog content to show up on SEO, like for SEO on Google and other search engines, we have to be very intentional about the actual content that we're creating. So it's not dead. You just have to be strategic with it. Yeah, and I always share this with my audience, but basically the way my branding and design agency gets clients is through LinkedIn, which is a platform where I connect with people, you know, for coffee chats, things like that, networking events like referrals and blogging. And I didn't start my blog a long time ago. I mean, I didn't, I think it was like 2019, but I was very, very strategic about it. Well, first of all, I have a blogger who writes for me. So it's not just like me, writing and journaling, how you mentioned, but it's very strategic. We have keywords, we know exactly who our target audience is. And instead of just writing or rebranding for business owners in general that nobody's gonna search for, we write so specific content that is so targeted to who we want to get as our potential clients. So it would be something like rebranding natural or organic skincare line. Because that is something that people will most likely Google if they're in that space and that's what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that there's there's just so many different ways to grow a business. And I feel like in the online business space, we hear all the time, like, follow my framework. And like, this is the only way to grow a business. And it's like, no, there's numerous unlimited ways to grow a business. And I think what it comes down to truly is like, you have to reflect and ask yourself, like, how do you want to grow your business? Because there's so many different ways to do it. How do you want to do it? What are your strengths? What feels fun for you? Because there's a lot of people that it's like, well, somebody told me that I had to blog. So it's like they're forcing themselves to blog, but they hate blogging. They would rather be a guest on people's podcasts. And so it's like, I think it starts with us as the business owner of like, how do we want to show up? Where are our strengths? And then really focusing on that because there's just so many ways to grow a business. Yeah, definitely. And so what do you do now? I know you were a web designer and now you offer SEO services, right? Yes, that's correct. And what does it go into SEO services? What do you mean? Like what what do you provide for your clients when you say SEO? Does that mean you do on-page SEOs or you do uh, SEO or you do like backlinks or you do blogging? Like I would just like to know for everyone who's listening this, maybe a web designer, like what kind of service they can expect from an SEO expert? Okay. Cool. So I love this question because I don't operate my business like a typical SEO agency. So typical SEO agencies will charge clients two to $3,000 a month for an extended period of time. So like for six to 12 months. And I totally get that. And so they make a lot of their money on retainer. That's not where I focus. A lot of my clients are smaller business owners that usually don't have that kind of money to be spending for 12 months. And so 
I also never wanted to grow an agency. Like I never got into business to manage people. What I like doing is educating and strategizing. So I've built my business around my own strengths. And so how I typically help people is like a lot of people do when they first hear about SEO, they focus on backlinks, right? They're just like, I need to get backlinks. Like I heard about backlinks. I need to get people to link back to my website and increase the authority of my website. And yes, that is absolutely important. But what I was finding is that a lot of people would focus on that, but then they weren't seeing results. And the reason why they weren't seeing results is because they weren't actually targeting the right keywords on their website. So kind of how I show up and support people I have two different options. One is like a done for you SEO foundational setup. So this is one, well, I collaborate both of them with like copywriters and website designers. But this one is like, essentially I come in and it's like, I'm doing the competitor analysis. I'm doing the keyword research and I'm strategizing like which keywords we're targeting on which pages. And then either the client creates the content or the designer or the copywriter creates the content. And I give suggestions on what's needed based on that keyword. So it's like my perspective of SEO is really focused on content and website strategy and blogging topics, but I don't create content for people. I don't write blog posts. I don't create copy. Like I would have to triple the rights that I charge. And so my zone of genius truly is in like the strategy of everything. So the done for you foundational setup gets your website associated with the right keywords on the right places in a way that actually makes sense. We start to pick up some traffic. So like Google now knows, oh, this website is a website designer. This website is a graphic designer because that's where a lot of people fall short. They're like, I want to show up on page one for graphic designer, but that word isn't like in the right places on their website. So Google has no idea what their website's about. And not just that, but there are so many websites that are focused on the graphic design. I feel like it has to be even more specific. Well, now, I I mean, I know a lot about SEO, so maybe I'm not the right person to ask the questions, but I know a lot about keywords. So what would you say, how would the graphic designer stand out and use the right keywords if that's not just like graphic design or website design or logo design? Are there some other forms or how would they, do they need to add something like maybe their specialization, like if they focus on the health and wellness or what would be the right keywords? How do they find the right keywords? How to find the right keywords, you have to go down the rabbit hole. You have to. Like the only way to find the right keywords is to start brainstorming. So like start brainstorming, like what do you focus on? What are your packages? How do you support people? And jot down they're called like seed keywords, which is basically one or two words. And so it's like jot down the topics or the words that people might type in to find you. And now we want to add some words to that. So they're actually long tail keywords. Long tail keywords are three or more words. And so those keywords are less competitive, but we also have to keep in mind. So like if you're supporting local clients, you And it it depends. Like, it's hard to give any SEO keyword advice without seeing the data. Sometimes, depending on where you are, you can target something like graphic designer and you can show up because your actual area in which you live isn't as competitive. So there's some local things that kind of come in. There's a lot of things that come in when it comes to SEO. That's why using a tool is really helpful. The tool that I use is SEMrush. It's pretty expensive for somebody that's like kind of just messing around with it. it. It's uh, over $100 a month. 
Mm-hmm. So it's steep for somebody that's like, yo, Mariah, I'm just trying to put together a keyword list, girl. <laughs> so you could mess around. There's Uber Suggest, which they only offer three, three searches a day, which kind of sucks. It kind of limits you to the rabbit hole. But there's a keyword tool called Key Search that I think is only like $17 or $20 a month. And so just allowing yourself to get familiar with keywords, getting into the rabbit hole using Google... So going to Google and typing in the keyword that you might want to be shown for, type that in and see what pops up. Is it what you think is going to show up? So that's a thing that we have to keep in mind too, because if we type in graphic designer, we might expect to see other graphic designers offering services. But what might actually show up is people looking for graphic designer jobs. So now we have to completely rethink our keyword strategy. So I always tell people before we target a keyword on a website, we have to Google it. We have to Google it to see what's already showing up on Google. And then take note of like what drops down as you're typing things into Google. That's called the autocomplete. Type that in. A lot of people think that it's based on search history, like your personal search history. It's not. It's based on like trending searches or like searches that are most popular with Google. So there are different ways that you can use Google to get on Google. And so I, in the done for you package, like I end up putting together like a full SEO keyword list and all of that and like done for you optimization, on-page optimization, all of that fun stuff. And then I create an SEO game plan kit. So essentially for my clients, I'm like, okay, I've set up the foundation. These are the, the, these are the things that you need to focus on next in order to keep this momentum going. So it's not like I'm I don't know. Like I, ju- I just never wanted my clients to need me forever. And I feel like that's what a lot of SEO agencies do. Like when you're done working with them, then you're like, okay, well, I have no idea how to keep this going. But for me, I'm just like, I don't want you to need me forever, but like I'm here for consulting. So then I offer consulting where it's like, okay, after you've done maybe two or three of those things, loop me back in. We can take a look at results. We can take a look at things and then we can create another game plan. But then the other way that I help people is an SEO strategy intensive, which is kind of like a done with you session. This one's really popular for copywriters and their clients when they're just like, Mariah, I don't want to do the keyword research. So I hop on a two-hour call with their client. We do the keyword research together. We do competitor analysis together. We compile the keywords that make sense for their brand and their business. So now they're not questioning every single thing. And what's really helpful when I have the client on the call is that I'm able to explain SEO, which then makes the website designers and the copywriters job easier because it's kind of like, well, Mariah said that this needs to be a separate page here. And like, they can use me as like the bad guy when they're like talking to their clients, but it creates less overwhelm for the client. And now the client understands SEO so that when a website designer launches the site, the client's not like, well, why isn't my site showing up on Google? Because I've already educated them on what it takes to show up on Google and they've seen the keywords and all of that. So yeah, keywords are probably my favorite part about SEO. And it's probably one of the things that most people get wrong. Yeah, I I was just about to share my mistake when I first started. And that was that I was focused on the keywords. And that was before I even started my blog. So 2000, I would say 16, 17, I'm not sure, but up to 17. 
And my focus was so much on logo design because that is something that I wanted to be known for. I wanted to get more clients, but I never realized that who searches for logo design the most are other designers looking for inspiration. (laughs) So I was getting a lot of logo designers looking at my website, but I wasn't getting clients because my focus was on logo design instead using like maybe, how do you call them? Long tail keywords, right? Like logo design for skincare or logo design for something. You can still get designers looking into inspiration, but when typing logo design, you also have to compete, first of all, with half of graphic designers in the world. (laughs) So hard. And also all those platforms like Fiverr, Upwork, designer something 99 design like all those platforms and they have way bigger budget and not just knowledge but they have a huge team working on competing with you (laughs) and others on those keywords so i think it's very important to also know who your ideal target like who your target audience is and what is that that they're going to type in so not just guessing oh logo design or graphic design or website design but like really thinking like them. Yep, yep, exactly. And so like a couple examples for website designers, and these are just easier for me to kind of spitball because I used to be one, but yeah, it's yeah. like Square Squarespace website designer. That's a long tail keyword. That's three words. WordPress website designer, show it website designer. So there's different ways to kind of target these. And then when it comes to like logos and stuff like that, think about like packages and services. People go to Google and they'll type in like logo design packages and services, logo design packages and pricing. So it's like you can figure out these very specific keywords that an actual client would type in. Or maybe it's like brand identity design, brand identity design packages, minimal brand identity design packages. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different like areas that you can go down into but exactly like you were saying it's like in order to catch that before it becomes too late and you're just like oh no i'm getting all this traffic that isn't converting like i said google the keyword google the keyword before you target it so that way you're able to see like what's showing up on google maybe for logo designs it's more so a blog post of like seven examples of logo designs 45 examples of logos designs and you're like why ain't creating that blog post so then it's back to the drawing board of like okay then what would my people type in because they're going to get hit with the same results even if they're really looking for the services that i offer yeah definitely Okay, so we talked all about building a business through relationships, collaborations, and SEO. Is there anything else you'd like to add to our conversation today? And if not, tell us where can we find you, like your website, LinkedIn, Instagram? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would say like, just remember when we're talking about these things, like I said, to take a second and to reflect because like how I've grown my business, I'm not saying that that's the only way to grow a business. You know what I mean? So like getting really clear on your strengths, that's the only way to create a sustainable 
marketing strategy that feels good for you. Because like, if you're in business because you care a lot about your business, you should be excited to show up and to tell people about that. And so like, in what way are you going to be excited to tell people about that? And just really reflecting with that. So I think that that's really important. But if you want to connect with me, my website is over at mariahmagazine.com. And if you're interested in kind of exploring collaborations and relationships and all of that, I do have a playbook that I created. So you can go and find that. It's mariahmagazine.com slash playbook. And you can use the code collablove10 for $10 off of that. And then I have a YouTube channel. I like love creating content for YouTube. And it's really where a lot of my SEO focus has been is creating like video content that's searchable on YouTube. So if you're interested on exploring that, you can go to mariahmagazine.video. It'll redirect you right over to my YouTube. If you're over on Instagram, mariahmagazine.co. And then LinkedIn, man, my last name is kind of, it's extremely Polish. So Mariah Lyszewski, L-I-S-Z-E-W-S-K-I. And yeah, if you have any questions about any of this stuff, whether it's SEO, relationships, collaborating, I use questions that I get from the DMs and from people connecting to be able to create the content that I create. So don't feel shy. Definitely slide into the DMs. I really like connecting with you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being here today. And I'm sure people will find this episode super valuable. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today on The Profitable Graphic Designer. In addition to this podcast, we have created some amazing online courses to help you set up your business, get more clients, and scale to the income level you desire. If you need help developing your graphic brand or web portfolio so it stands out, if you want to learn how to create proposals new clients will say yes to, if you're still trying to figure out how much to charge for your services, and if becoming the go-to designer for your dream clients is your goal this year, then I invite you to enroll in my signature 12-week program, The Profitable Designer, or one of our other specialized online courses. To learn more about it and get started, visit eventiveacademy.com. See you next time.